This has been the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks. Get your questions ready. The Fantasy Forecast with Anita Marks starts right now. What's up, what's up? It is Fantasy Forecast here on 98.7 ESPN. I know what you're saying. Anita, fantasy's over. No, it's not. It's never over. It's our fantasy 265 days a week. A year, I should say, uh, on our weekend wager show on Friday night. And and he said it's not it just wasn't the fact that they were missing their starting left tackle. Um, that this was a beat up Patriots team. Uh I should have read more into that. Uh, full disclosure, I had I, I had the Patriots plus four and a half. I teased them up to plus ten and a half. I took the under at fifty, so and a few other bets I made, uh, you know, I thought Harris would uh, would would have at least 18, 19 carries for at least, you know, 60, 70 yards, score a touchdown. Stevenson, find the end zone. You know, handicapping this game, and again, the, the final score was Bills 47, the Patriots 17, but handicapping this, I felt that the best rushing game would win. And with the duo, the combination of Harris and Stevenson and what we were able to see them do in that one game against the Bills uh, with the first time they played in, in, in Buffalo, I figured that the better rushing team w- was the Patriots. But that wasn't the case last night. And not to take anything away, uh, of course, from, uh, from Josh Allen, uh, over 300 yards, five passing touchdowns. And going into that game, his numbers in these weather conditions were not good. Never passed for over 200 yards, below 56% completion percentage, four touchdowns, seven interceptions. So obviously last night a much different situation. But so a few things I I gathered from this matchup, and that is first and foremost, obviously, and again, we should have heard more, paid more attention to what Mike Reese had to share with us here on 98.7 ESPN, but um, a, a... not fully healthy 100% and nobody's fully healthy. Nobody's at this stage in the game in the season, especially with 18, 17 games that they have to play 18 week season. Nobody's healthy. Um, but Mike kind of alluded to the fact that this was not, uh, this is, this, this is the unhealthiest that the Patriots have been all season where the bills, this is the healthiest they've been in quite a while. On top of that, when you look at the rushing yards that uh that that the patriots were not able to pull off uh it it really it says everything because devin singletary you know there was there was a a period of time where devin singletary was not getting the carries over zach moss there was a time where the buffalo bills were trying to find um they were trying to find a rushing game so they they had zach moss inactive one week and mac breeda was their starting running back, and Devin Singletary was the backup. So you know, it's it's this has been a something that they've been trying to find, and you need a rushing attack, especially what we saw last night. You need a rushing attack in in the NFL, especially in the postseason, in order to win. Uh, so of course, that's what we saw from Devin Singletary. He carried the ball eight sixteen times. He put up eighty one yards, two rushing touchdowns, and and he was really fantastic. Uh, rushing the football so uh, you had uh, Dawson Knox the tight end he was uh, the main recipient of the night five receptions 89 yards two touchdowns Stefan Diggs had three receptions for 60 yards and, uh, and and definitely Josh Allen spread the ball around everybody got a little 
uh, the, the wealth in regard to Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, uh, McKenzie got some touches. So he was able to spread the ball around. And, uh, and, and here's another thing. When a team goes up 14, nothing, 20, 24, nothing, 27, nothing, you know, it changes the entire, you, you've got a rookie quarterback playing in those type of conditions, a Buffalo Bills team who came with more physicality. It's you're now you're climbing uphill with what, what are you working with? So, uh, so that was unfortunate. Uh, Mac Jones ended up with 232 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But a lot of that was garbage time. A lot of that was when the bills came out and they played a prevent defense. And that's when Mac Jones was able to put up those numbers. But, um, but rushing the football, um, you had a, a a Patriots team. They only ran the ball. They ran the ball twenty total times. That's it. Because you, you and and that that was their game plan coming in is to run the football. But when you're down twenty four twenty seven nothing, you got to abandon that. So they only ran the ball twenty times and they put up only eighty nine yards. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills ran the ball twenty nine times, ran for a total of hundred and seventy four yards and two touchdowns. That's that that's the story right there. That's the game right there. Bills came with a better rushing offense. Bills came with a lot more physicality. They wanted to be there. They dominated both lines of scrimmage. And, uh, and, and of course, Josh Allen had a, a, a really impressive night in those type of weather conditions. So uh, the Buffalo Bills, now what happens? Uh, they, it's, it's a wait and see for them. Because they're the third seed, this is what happens. If Kansas City wins tonight then they go to Kansas City and they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, If Pittsburgh wins tonight, then they are home and they host the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's the situation for the Bills. As for the earlier game, well, uh, this is where I broke even. And hopefully if folks followed my plays, if you listen to Weekend Wager, you broke even as well. You played both games the way that I did because Cincinnati hit a a number of the – obviously they covered – Minus five and a half. Um, I also I use them as a a two play money line parlay. We'll see if that uh, with with the uh, with the Rams. So we'll see if that uh, delivers uh, at the end of Monday night. But the final score there was twenty six nineteen. Joe Burrow put on a clinic as well. Both quarterbacks just excellent. Right, two hundred four two hundred forty four yards, two touchdowns. Um, but more than anything, more than just the stats. Just the way that Joe Bur- Burrow was able to, the Raiders had soft coverage and they allowed these windows and the accuracy that we saw Joe Burrow throw the football in those windows was really magnificent. So you got to tip your hat. What? Here, here's another thing, Ty, like beyond the playoffs, what an exciting time right now in the NFL. When you look around and you look at the quarterback and the talent that we have at the quarterback position around the NFL, right? Like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, We'll see what happens and what develops from Mac Jones. Um, you know, uh, Justin Murray, Herbert. Justin Herbert. Uh, Murray. It's just, you know, there's, and, and, and I'm sure I'm leaving quite a few off. You know, we'll see what happens, how Zach Wilson develops, hopefully. We'll see how Lance, Trey Lance develops, hopefully. We'll see. Um, Lamar Jack, it's, it's just, you know, it's just, there, there's a plethora of really talented quarterbacks. And one thing you know, when it comes to uh, the NFL and making it to the postseason and winning and advancing, really, and, and I've said this for a long time, quarterback is the most important position in all professional sports. You can argue starting pitcher, closing pitcher, goalie in hockey, center, point guard in the NBA, 
Um, what am I leaving out? Um, I mean, you can, you can argue a number of positions, but I just, I beg to differ. I, I think the quarterback position is the most important position in all of, all of sport. And we're seeing why, you know, um, and Joe Burrow was just magnificent. Jamar Chase was great as well. You just, you can't cover the dude. You just can't nine receptions for 116 yards. It's just impossible. And it's not like Joe Burrow had all the time back there. Max Crosby was getting to him. But you just, you know, you can't, you can't give a quarterback more than three seconds, especially with Jamar Chase as his, his wide receiver. Jamar Chase is going to get open in three seconds. It's really, really impressive. Uh, the offensive line only gave up five pressures. Cincinnati Bengals offensive line only gave up five pressures. And defensively, Trey Hendrickson was, uh, was great. And the two key plays... Unfortunately for the Raiders, and it's sad that their season comes to an end because I'm sure a lot of people out there were rooting for them just because of everything that they've gone through off the football field this season with John Gruden, uh, Henry Ruggs, and a slew of other things. Um, Cars, two turnovers. Interception late in the game when they had an opportunity to tie it. I don't know why he threw into double coverage. I have a feeling he thought that Zay Jones was going to get the penalty call, and he didn't. Because he had two guys all over him, and the one guy behind him was draped all over him. I just, I have a feeling, my gut's telling me, I don't know, I didn't listen to any of the post-game press conferences because I went directly uh, onto my computer to try to put my my bets in for the Buffalo Bills game. But I want to imagine and watching and and looking back at that film, I I think maybe Carr thought, and and, and not that I'm a reader of lips, but... Um, he, he, just the conversations I saw him having with Zay Jones and the head coach after I just, it just seems to me, he thought that maybe they'd get a a pass interference call on that play and they didn't. So that resulted in an interception. And then of course, earlier on in the game, Trey Hendrickson with the, uh, with the forced fumble. And so you turn the bow over twice, especially, uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals and that explosive offense, forget about it. You're done. Stick a fork. So, um, so that's, that's where it stands right now. And so for Kansas city, I mean, so for, so for the Cincinnati Bengals, again, they're the fourth seed. The Bills are the third seed. So now Kansas City sits back. If, I mean, <laughs> the Cincinnati sits back. Cincinnati's the fourth seed. The Bills are the third seed. So now Cincinnati sits back. If, if, uh, if Kansas City wins, how does this work? Okay. If, <laughs> if Kansas City wins, Cincinnati goes to Tennessee. If Pittsburgh wins, Cincinnati goes to Buffalo. So that's 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 how the uh, the AFC is going to play out. Obviously, it's the NFC's time today, as well as one AFC game, and that's Kansas City and Pittsburgh later on tonight. And then, of course, uh, it is Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm assuming that we're calling it Super Wild Card Weekend because it's a Monday night game that you'll be able to watch on ESPN. And that is uh, Arizona at the Rams. So uh, that recaps what happened last night. Uh, we've got a slew of really great games ahead of us. So uh, and and we also uh, we've got some insiders, some some handicappers who are going to uh, break down some games for us as well in this hour, leading you all the way to eight o'clock, where we kick off New York Game Day. And uh, Matthias Kiwanuka will join me on the show. We'll again recap with Matthias. What did he see in the games last night? We'll preview. Uh, the uh, the three games on the docket on the slate for today and of course the Monday night game cards and Rams we'll talk about the Giants coming your way between uh, eight and uh, and 11 obviously job search for the new general manager who then will decide 
and work with the ownership to find out who's going to be or decide who's going to be the head coach. So we'll dive into that. Jordan Renan is going to join us with an update at 8.30. Rich Samini joins the program in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll just touch base with him. What, you know, so much emphasis and, and focus right now on what the Giants are going to do in the coming weeks because of the GM search and whatnot. What, what's going on with the Jets right now? I mean, you know, the obvious is that they're focusing in on the draft. So we'll talk to Rich Samini and find out, you know, what can we expect from the Jets this offseason? Are there some free agents uh, that he's eyeing that he thinks the Jets will bring in? We'll talk to Rich about that. We'll have my locks of the week heading into today's slate of games. And, of course, at 10 o'clock, Mike Tannenbaum will join us. Really excited to have Mike on. As we know, he's got his finger on the pulse of the GM search around the league as well as, as well as the head coach search around the league. So I'm excited to get him on. And, of course, we'll take your calls throughout 800-919-3776. So Anita Marks with you. It is Fantasy Forecast getting you ready, not only just with fantasy, uh, and I'm sure I'm assuming a lot of people are going to be playing a lot of DFS today, but also getting you ready to, uh, to make some coin, hopefully, today, especially if you lost coin on the Patriots-Bills game like uh, a number of people did. Majority of the public, by the way, were on the Bills. Only 24% of the public was on New England at plus four and a half. So majority of people actually made money. This has been the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks. Without further ado, Aaron Schatz joins us. He's from Football Outsiders. Uh, Aaron, let's break down the slate. Let's start with, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa. How are you playing this game? I'm going contrary to the weather here, believe it or not. I have not heard 40 miles an hour on the winds. I had heard like 20. Uh, but these offenses are both better than the defenses. And more importantly, these teams are very fast. The Tampa Bay ranked second in situation-neutral pace, how often they ran plays. Philadelphia ranked fifth. So the more plays, the more points. So I'm actually going with over 46 in this game. You might even want to wait on it because of the weather. I wouldn't be surprised if this over-under line moves down a little bit. So you might be able to get like over 45 or even over 44 if you wait another day. I think, I think in regards to you, we're talking about the mile-per-hour winds. I, I think they're, they're, they're saying that it's going to be 20-mile-per-hour winds, but I read gusts up to 35 to 40 yep. miles per hour. Still, at the end of the day, weather conditions aren't going to be great. It's another situation, in my opinion, where the team that can run the football better, I think, will have the advantage. And, and obviously, that is the Eagles. Uh, they have been masterful at it uh, the last, what, seven, eight weeks of the season. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I like the over here as well. I, I think I think a lot of points are going to be put up in this game, regardless of the weather. Um because I, I do believe that both teams are going to be able to move the ball. So, uh, so that's, that's, that's interesting. And then last but not least, like I said, we've got a Monday night game, which is really exciting, right? First time in the history of, of Wild Card Weekend. And you've got an Arizona team whose defense has just been really uh, porous, really bad as of late, uh, their last five weeks. And they're heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams are favored by four. What's your play here? I like the Rams minus four. This is my favorite favorite of the weekend. Definitely. The pick is driven by weighted PVOA, which is our rating, which lowers the strength of games early in the season. Because the Cardinals are actually 16th if you look at weighted PVOA. And that has nothing to do with those Colt-McCoy games at midseason. If you remove the McCoy games, they're basically exactly the same. 
Their passing game has been very average since Kyler Murray returned in Week 13. Their running game hasn't been anything special all year. The Rams have improved over the course of the season on defense and special teams. So I think this game looks more like the second meeting between these teams when the Rams beat the Cardinals 30-23 to back in Week 14. I like the Rams minus four. Uh, let me ask you, uh, um, Fuller, the Rams' safety is is out, and then um, Weddle, Whittle, right? Um, why am I forgetting yeah. how to, how to pronounce this? He comes out of retirement. I, I mean, what can he do? I mean, he goes from like the couch, uh, you know, to uh, to to. to tr- the Rams win a Super Bowl, but uh, losing. You talk about the defense uh, losing. Jordan Fuller concern you at all? It does concern me a little bit. I think that's worth a little bit, but I think that I like the Rams over the Cardinals by enough that it's not worth enough to change my mind on going with the Rams. And I wouldn't be surprised if Weddle plays less than, you know, whoever was the backup to Fuller in the first place who's been sitting in that defense and playing with that team all year. Um, I, I love that you said that this is your, your favorite play. Uh, my favorite play is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I, I like them on the money line. I, I, I'll even play them at minus two and a half. I, I, I think they beat the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a paper tiger. But that's my favorite play. But it's great we got you on with your favorite play here on uh, 98.7 ESPN. So again, he's Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. Make sure you check him out. Follow him on social media. Uh, also follow, check out you know all his plays online and he contributes to a number of our, uh, our chalk, our wagering content at ESPN.com and our chalk site. So always great to have you on, Aaron. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend, my friend. Enjoy it as well. Super Wild Card Weekend, I believe. So DFS-wise, what are some of the players that I'm going to be utilizing in a number of my DFS lineups today? And uh, so, so you know, as we know, there's four remaining games left for this Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, you can play, obviously, single games, all three games on the slate today, and all four games remaining. So with that being said, I'm looking at all four games remaining quarterbacks uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously against the Pittsburgh Steelers he owns the Steelers let's be honest um last time he he faced the Steelers he passed for over 250 yards and three touchdowns and he did not have Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill was two for 19 Clyde Edwards-Alaire left the game early because of a shoulder injury so now Mahomes you know this is a a healthy uh, ready-to-go team no Clyde Edwards-Alaire but they do have Darrell Williams uh, in the backfield. So love me some Mahomes against Pittsburgh. Also, the other quarterback today that I like is Jimmy Garoppolo against the Dallas Cowboys. So Jimmy Garoppolo matches up extremely well against Dallas. Uh, the 11 personnel, the, the 49ers go back and forth. It's 11 personnel, it's 12 personnel. Uh, regardless, they just match up really well against that Dallas Cowboys defense, believe it or not, even as as good as their pass rush is. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and that uh, that offensive line with Trent Williams is is just as good. They're going to counter. So I, I love I love the 49ers today. Um, I I will play some Brady as well, but you know Brady's uh, doesn't have his as I like to call it his his toy chest. It is incomplete. Not a lot of toys in there. Gronk obviously, Mike Evans yes, but uh, how you know the plethora of talent that he usually works with. And here's another big key for today's game. And I actually like the Eagles to cover. I'm not saying the Eagles are going to win, but I like them to cover. Is that 
Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are both out. So now you've got a rookie in Vaughn back there who's going to have to pick up pass protection in blitz packages. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So the Eagles are going to get to Brady today. Again, I do expect the, 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 the Bucks to win, but I do like the Eagles to cover. In fact, that line has come down. It was 8.5. It's come down to 7.5 now, just FYI. So two quarterbacks I'm going to use a lot in DFS, Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo. Running backs. Uh, again, no Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So Williams uh, should get the bulk of the work in the backfield. So I, I like him a lot. Elijah Mitchell, for whatever reason, I don't know why he gets, he doesn't get the respect uh, that I think he deserves going up against Dallas. Uh, and if there's no James Conner, which uh, everything I'm hearing is that he's going to be a game-time decision and more than likely not going to play, uh, love me some Chase Edmonds against the Rams, especially how he's utilized in the passing game. So those are the three running backs that I'm going to be use, utilizing quite a bit. Uh, and, and throw in some Sony Michelle, but don't forget Cam Akers is now back. So not sure how that backfield is going to pan out for the Rams on Monday night. Wide receivers, Cooper Cup going up against Arizona. Arizona worst coverage against slot receivers and in cup runs 80 percent of his his routes out of the slot so cup should have a monster day love me some Debo Samuel obviously you can't afford both of them but I'm going to split them up Deontay Johnson I think the Steelers are going to be playing from behind and we know how much uh Ben Roethlisberger likes to target Johnson Cedric Wilson you know there's there's no Gallup he's out for the season so Cedric Wilson has stepped up in a big way had a good game last week grants it was against the Eagles who had a lot of their starters out, but um, you can get him as a, a very inexpensive flex play. And Ty Johnson, more than likely, Grayson is out for the Bucks, so Ty Johnson is probably going to start in the slot for uh, for Tom Brady, and I think he'll get some targets. Again, another guy you can get for like $3,000, $3,500 on, uh, on DFS. Tight ends, only two I'm going to use today, and that's Gronk um, against Philadelphia because uh, he's averaging 11 targets a game. And I think he gets the same workload today against Philadelphia because uh, it's really just him and Mike Evans, let's be honest, and, uh, and Zach Ertz against the Rams. Zach Ertz, same thing, getting a monster target share with no DeAndre Hopkins for the Arizona Cardinals. Last but not least, defense. The only one I'm going to play is the Kansas City defense against the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And two kickers, again, if you're playing in just today's slate, I'm going to play but, but, Butner as well. Uh, the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, if you're playing all four slate, all four games, uh, including the ones today and then including the one on Monday, Matt Gay would be the field goal kicker that I would choose there. So th- that's those are, the, those are the guys that I'm going to be utilizing majority in DFS. All right, uh, let's bring in uh, Lee Sterling. He's from uh, Paramount Sports. He joins me each and every week on our gambling show to break down some of the plays. All right, Lee, first and foremost, let's talk about the Eagles in Bucks game, weather conditions, not sure how they're going to play a role. Let's say if it's going to be rainy. I, I know it's going to be windy. Winds are expected at 20 miles an hour. They're reporting gusts up to 35 to 40. Uh, but how, how are you looking at this Philadelphia eagles Bucks game with these weather conditions being a concern? Yeah, so I originally was leaning Tampa Bay, but now I'm leaning you know, Philadelphia. I'm going to wait until game time, uh, a couple hours beforehand to see what the weather is. Uh, the weather's bad, and it seems like it's going to be really bad. you got to favor Philadelphia, and their defensive line has played well of late. So I, they just rested a bunch of guys that came against Dallas. So uh, Tampa Bay, I, I don't think it's the same team as last year. So uh, I don't think they're going to win at all. 
Well, I, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call them a paper tiger last year. But when you no. go back and and you look at their run last year, Lee, really, it was a, it was about the defense. And also, yeah. there were games where like that one game against the Saints and Drew Brees threw what three interceptions in the second half. That, yeah. Dude, dude doesn't throw one interception like you know the first half of the season. He throws three in a game. Like there was just like things. The Green Bay Packer game weird things happened so anyway I, I like I, i'm with you i still think the bucks win but uh, but i don't believe they cover and i think fletcher you Cox, know, it might be like that washington game first round last year Tim Bay was the better team but washington yeah. found a way to cover yep exactly with with heineke that's when heineke's name yeah. right yeah. that's when he became a household name in that game all right, all right uh, game number two is the 49ers going up against the dallas cowboys i will call the dallas cowboys a paper tiger this is my favorite game and i'm all over the 49ers i'm really curious what side are you on here lee so i like the 49ers and the over in this game here's how i see it so i think that the dallas's front four on defense is really good for pass rushers but not great against the run and since San Francisco got back Mitchell at running back the last two games, they've been a different team. Mm-hmm. They just run over teams. And then Debo Samuel running and catching. I don't think we've ever seen, seen a receiver in a long time that can do both at his level. I mean, he's big, strong, and fast. And, and then even Jimmy G wasn't affected, you know, by the finger injury. And then on top of that, I don't think that, that Moore, a lot of, Dolphins fan down here are clamoring for them to hire him. Yeah, I think Miami needs an offensive coach as the next head coach, but uh, I, I just don't think they utilize here C.D. Lamb enough. So they're going to score. They throw in so many weapons, tight end, receivers, two running backs, good offensive line. Their defense, which is interesting for Dallas, they allow some points, and they also create points uh, off some pick sixes and interceptions and strip sacks. So – I see in a high-scoring game, I've got San Francisco winning this game like 34-30. I love it. I love it. And yep. then last but not least, on, on Sunday night, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a big number, dude, 12-and-a-half. Yep. But Pittsburgh, they've been, on, they've been on an emotional roller coaster for the last three weeks, right? Like Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field. They have to beat the Ravens, and they have to pray to God that the Chargers and the Raiders don't die. And now they have to head to uh, Arrowhead. I, I don't. I don't like this number. I'm going to use this as a two-team six-point teaser. I'm going to tease Kansas City down to six and a half. How are you playing this one? Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't play Pittsburgh. Here's why. I mean, it, they were in a bar fight last week after playing the Big Ben's last home game. So, whenever they play Baltimore, it's very physical, very emotional. Uh, you know, had to win the game in the overtime. That's that even factors into it. They played Kansas City. They didn't match up with Kansas City. It was 30 nothing, in the middle of the third quarter before Kansas City called off the dogs in that game. So I just think Kansas City's improved their offensive line. Pittsburgh's offensive line is so bad. I'm telling you, Anita, those offensive linemen, they might have a tough time uh, making it into their high school Hall of Fame. They are that bad. So uh, <laughs> one of the worst offensive lines I've seen in a long time here. And I, and I know they might get back Juju, but, you know, this is a punch-and-Judy team. In fact, you look at as far as pushing the ball down the field, Big Ben, last three games averaging 4.2 yards per attempt. He played for almost any other team. He would have been benched a long time ago. They just can't score. The only way they can stay in the game is if – remember that, that game a couple years ago where Kansas City played Houston, where Houston got three takeaways in the first half of the fumble punt. Uh, I mean, there was some crazy stuff 
that happened in that game. They've got to try some trick plays and get a whole lot of luck go their way. But I, I think Kansas City's the right side. I think they'll win something like 34-13. I'm with you. I'm with you. Last but not least, before we let you go, there's a Monday night game, and it's the Rams minus four uh, going up against uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals have not looked good on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. I, I love the Rams in this in this matchup. Who Who do you have here? So there's a couple things I look at when I look at Arizona. As a favorite, they're terrible. Road team this year, 8-1 and one against the spread. And you can't have a quarterback that sits in the pocket against the Rams. That rush, pass rush from the defensive tackles is fierce. I think his escapability will help him, and the Rams are also without their top two safeties here. So um, probably my least favorite game of them all, but uh, – I still think Arizona's the right side. I think they can maybe pull it out. I think I don't think we're going to see a, a two, three-point game here either way here. So if you're going to play Arizona, I might even want to go Arizona money line. This has been the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks. Let's go to Joel in Hoboken. Joel, hey, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Anita. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. It's freezing in Hoboken, Anita. It's so cold it's out here. Freezing. Anita, it's freezing everywhere, not you know, just you know, in Hoboken. Anita, um, shout, uh, shout out to Ty, too. Anita, you know my, I'm a big better with the prop bets, too. Here's what I got, and I think I'm looking all right. I got Michael Parsons, and I told Rookie Dia. I think I got that one locked up. And then NFL I got Jamal D- Chase. NFL, NFL, defensive, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yes. Smart. Correct. Okay. And on the mm-hmm. offensive side. I got Jamar Chase on the offensive side. I think he passed what's-his-name last night with the win and the loss. I know they voted before that, but I still think people think about it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm with you. If they would, I think if they would have voted after last night's game, um, I think it, it absolutely 100% would have gone to Jamar Chase. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. You know, a lot of it, Joel, has to do with the position, right? Like, and not to take anything yeah. away from Jamar Chase, he's he's been great, but... If you look at his body of work, I want to say from week from week five through week thirteen, pedestrian. It was it was the T Higgins show. T Higgins was the big I man it, on camp. I, I agree, but from one quarterback to another quarterback to another quarterback, he doesn't throw the ball down the field. He's ten yards underneath. Constantly ten and under, he's not throwing the ball down the field. That's he's not nothing that's not wow true. to that's, me. That's not that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. His his depth of target, uh, he's he's he ranks somewhere in the middle of the pack of all thirty two quarterbacks in regards yeah. to depth of target. He's he's not he's not at the bottom of the barrel. He he's he ranks somewhere around fifteen sixteen in regard to depth of target. So uh, that's inaccurate. All right, do you but, think I got a shot? You still think I, I got a shot? With I think, Jamar? Yeah, I think you. I think you absolutely got a shot. I, I mean, again. Yeah. You know, if, if you if you look at the end of if you look at the beginning of the season, and thanks for your phone call, Joel, appreciate it. If you look at the the beginning of the season and the end of the season, Jamar Chase was otherworldly. Go look at at his stats in the middle of the season. Very pedestrian. Like I said, it it's it was more the T Higgins show than the Jamar Chase show. I actually I thought, you know, maybe he'd hit a, a rookie wall because it, it it it. I mean, it's 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 tough, especially for a wide receiver. You know, you know, they come in and you come straight from, you know, well, actually, Jamar Chase took last week, last year off because of COVID. He didn't play for LSU. So maybe not as difficult for, for him. So there's that. But typically, you know, college guys, they come in, they play their bowl games, they go immediately uh, to work out to get ready for the combine. They go to the combine, they get drafted, they go immediately to the team. 
then they're on the team and you know they have all the OTAs and, and and all that stuff. It's just it's 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 long. So there is a rookie wall. I thought for a minute there he had hit, he had he had hit it, but uh, I'm just remembering now that um, that you know it's uh, that's not the case because he didn't even play for LSU the previous year. But nonetheless, uh, let's bring in Randy Robles. He works for the Elias Sports Bureau. Uh, they've got a, an amazing app out there uh, that you can log on and. They've got nuggets, all these great little nuggets uh, for every team uh, in, in every game. Uh, so you definitely want to download it and check it out before you wager, that's for sure. But nonetheless, here's Randy. And, uh, of course, uh, Randy, first and foremost, let's talk about the first game today, 1 o'clock, Eagles going up against the Bucks. And I have to, you know, tee you up the same way I did Lee Sterling, and, and that is, you know, how, how do you feel that weather is going to play a factor into this matchup? Perhaps the spreads will, 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 will go down a little bit before the game starts if the weather is you know, really that going to be that much of a factor. Maybe it's a good time to jump on it now. I don't know. But I still like Tampa Bay. And uh, not to be a chalk eater here, but, you know, uh, Philadelphia, 1-7 in seven this year against teams that finished the season 500 or better. 1-7, in 2-6 two, two against the spread. Um, Tampa Bay, on the other hand, seven and one at home, winning by an average of sixteen point one points. Brady twenty and four at home in his postseason career, and most importantly to me, Tampa Bay uh, covered five out of six double-digit sp- uh, home spreads this year. And uh, for that reason, for those reasons, I like Tampa Bay to. Uh, to I-, I think they're going to win. You know, the average margin of victory in, in the NFL is 11.5 points. Are they going to win by the average or more? I think so, but we'll see. But for me, I'm taking Tampa Bay, giving the points. And, and just uh, and shame on me, I'm not, I'm not mentioning the spreads here, and, you know, we are talking about gambling. So, so let's just rewind. So the Patriots are getting four, four and a half in some places. Uh, the Bills are favored, mm-hmm. and uh, the Eagles are getting eight and a half. As of as of right now, like you said, if weather conditions continue to uh, to stream in in the way that they're anticipating, I don't know. Maybe that line does go down. Who knows? But here here's one one thing, Randy. Before we move on to the third game, and that is keep in mind that you know this is a this is a Tampa Bay Bucks team that's just getting Leonard Fournette back, so there is going to be some rust there. Ronald Jones is doubtful, not expected to play. Um, no Antonio Brown. We know the drama that that took place there. No Godwin. He's out for the season because of the ACL. And Sorrell Grayson, who was starting at the slot position because of uh, Antonio Brown, is is now he's out as well. So it's going to be Gronk, who we know has been a beast this season. Uh, Mike Evans, and then a rotation of Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. And and who knows who else? So um, I just I guess the point I'm making is you know Tom Brady loves those weapons, uh, and unfortunately mm. I, I think you know the, his toy chest is going to be a little low on on Sunday against the Eagles. Uh, so that that's just you another thing. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's a weapon for the gambler is in this case perhaps is the teaser. When I see an eight-and-a-half point spread like that and I can knock it down to two-and-a-half and I just need Tom Brady to win a playoff game by three points, that's very, very juicy. Or how about, or how about, see, I'm, I'm going the other way because one of my plays is I'm teasing the Eagles up. I like the Eagles plus 14-and-a-half. 
<laughs> so very interesting that you go you go the Bucks way, obviously, because you're anticipating the Bucks to win. I, I, I give 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 me give me the give me Philadelphia plus fourteen and a half. All right, last but not least, okay. this is this is the late game on Sunday night, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Kansas City. Listen. Randy, it has been a roller coaster ride of emotions for the Steelers team, right? Like last game at Heinz Field for Ben Roethlisberger. Then, you know, they have to go to Baltimore. They have to beat the Ravens and then stay up late praying that the Raiders and the Chargers don't tie. Sure enough, you know, that didn't happen. So they advanced. And now they got to get on the road and go to Arrowhead, one of the most difficult venues to play at. I just, it's just, I, I just emotionally. The roller coaster that the Steelers have been on. Uh, curious, what what does Elias say about this game? Hmm. You know, it's amazing. I had Steelers fans call me and say, "Hey, what are the odds of a tie in the NFL?" What what you know? And I said, "Well, there's usually about one tie per year out of 256 games, so it's about half a one percent chance." And lo and behold, man, did they, did they come close? That was so exciting. Um, uh, however, I think the excitement ends. Uh, for Pittsburgh this week, weekend. And it's pretty obvious. Uh, big spread this week, 12.5 points for KC. Uh, I, I got a stat that I think your listeners are going to really pay attention to, and that is over the last 10 years, uh, teams that are home teams that are favored by at least 10 points in the playoffs are 11 and 1 against the spread. And I see that becoming 12 and 1 after this weekend. You know, wow, that's, 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 a, that's a great that's a great nugget, Randy. Yeah, it's a it's a bomb, and you know, KC they beat Pittsburgh by twenty six. You know, they were a ten point favorite in Week sixteen. They usually covered that. Um, you know, you look at Pittsburgh again. You go back to the start of last December. They've lost seven games by double digits, and I think this will be number eight. You know, uh, you know, as as opposed to KC, you know, they won. Each each of the last four home games of the season by double digits and by an average of 22 points. So I agree with you that I think this is one of the two games this week that is fairly predictable. Of course, that's why they play the games, but I'm taking KC and giving the 12.5 points. I will say this, though. It is the the biggest spread that that Mahomes will ever be asked to, uh, has been asked to cover uh, in the playoffs up to this point in his career, but I I think they're up to the task. Great stuff as always. Randy Robles joining us from the Elias Sports Bureau. Just to recap, the Elias Game Plan app. Make sure you download that on whatever your device is. Uh, he's going the Bucks minus eight and a half. He does like them as a teaser as well. And the Kansas City Chiefs minus 12 and a half. That's what Elias is telling us to do this weekend. Randy, great stuff as always. Uh, so appreciate you. Enjoy wild, wild Card Weekend, my friend. You too. It's my pleasure and uh, good luck to you as well. You got it. More to come. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. This has been the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks.